0: Well, I um, want to deal with a few things here today, and I want to talk on a simple subject called the church of today. The church of today. Uh, I want to encourage everyone and remind everyone, uh, I hope that you have taken time already this week to fast. I, I really hope so. I really hope that you've already taken time to fast this week, if not Uh, I pray that you take the time to do so. We must have a lifestyle of fasting. We must have a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. I cannot teach on this enough, and I will continue to teach on it. You will continue to hear your pastor teach on the importance of prayer and fasting. It, It cannot be something that we do every once in a while during our life, but it must be a lifestyle that we do. We must continue to discipline this flesh. Remember, Cornelius fasted for four days and brought salvation to his entire household. So remember that prayer and fasting can and it will change things, all right? It can and it will change things. Speaking of things changing, the church today is changing. <laughs> yes, it is. It is changing. It is changing right before our eyes. It is changing as I'm speaking right now. It is changing. Now, our message is the same. That will never change. The gospel is the same. The word of God is the same. Uh, the God that we serve is the same. Well, his methods are different. The way that he communicates with people, the way that he wants to disseminate or distribute his message. That may change, and we are seeing that evolved even right now. I thank God for technology. I thank God for the way that we are able to stream right now because we are able to speak to more people and reach different ones that maybe we haven't been able to reach in times past. But I'm thankful for it because not only is it a blessing to you, but it can be a blessing to your loved ones, friends, and family. And it's things that we can share beyond just a CD or DVD, but we can share quickly over the airways. And our church is changing. I seen something the other day, and I want to use an example here. So follow me here. Follow me here. And uh, they say uh, once you learn how to ride a bike, you never... You never lose that, that once you uh, ride a bike once, or I guess a few times, I guess, uh, you, you always know how to ride a bike. So I um, was able to use this bike and kind of borrow, borrow it from someone, uh, so I, I appreciate that. Uh, but they say once you get on a bike and you learn how to ride it at a young age, you know, that you are able to, Uh, hop on it at any time and be able to ride it and I'm I'm, uh, it's interesting because I'm in I'm in the daddy stage where I have some young ones and they still have some training wheels right on their bike Uh, and uh, here we are you know out in the driveway and doing certain things uh, with them and they're riding their bikes and now they have all these electronic you know cars and things that where they can actually push a foot pedal hit a brake You know, things like that. We didn't really have that when I was coming up. Uh, I just had a tricycle, okay? Uh, Do you remember those things called big wheels? Some of you may remember that, big wheels. That was a huge thing if you had a big wheel, okay? Uh, That was really big, and I remember growing up having a big wheel and and doing that, and then you kind of graduate from the training wheels uh, to a bike. But if many of you were to hop on this bike, and no matter what age you are, Uh, after a while you'll be able to pick it up uh, and and be able to navigate it. I was watching a video where um, a gentleman had a bike up on the stage all right and he asked he was at a high school okay he was at a high school he did it at a high school and he did it at a college and so he asked some volunteers and he had the bike at one end of the stage and he told him he said I will give $100 to whoever can ride this bike from one end of the stage to the other. He says, do I have volunteers? So, of course, everybody's hand went up. They're thinking, yeah, I mean, for $100, this is easy. I can ride this bike from one end of the stage to the other. So, of course, he starts calling up people, calling up volunteers to come ride the bike. And they get up on the bike, and none of them can't even go three feet. They're literally hopping on a bike trying to ride it. And they keep falling over. They keep falling and they can't figure it out. They're looking at this bike and they're trying to figure out why can't they ride this bike. So they can't do it. He says, oh, get off the stage. You can't do it. And he's calling up volunteer after volunteer trying to figure out how they can ride this bike. Okay. So eventually he goes up there and tells them, I changed the handlebars. So when you want to go left, the bike goes right. And when you want to go right, the bike goes left. All right. So they weren't able to ride it because they were not able to get their balance on the bike. Because when they wanted to turn it this way, the bike was actually going the opposite way and they couldn't figure that out. So then after they after he told them what it was, he said, "Okay, now do I have a volunteer? You think you can figure this out? Hundred dollars if you can go from one wall to the other. So he brings up some volunteers and steel. No one can figure it out. They cannot go from one end to the other because he's changed the handlebars on this bike. And so it's a very interesting uh, video. You can find it uh, if you want to look it up. It's on YouTube. It's just called The Backwards Bike. You can literally look up The Backwards Bike. And it's this gentleman that does this project with himself on the bike. And the point of it was, was that he was trying to challenge himself to see if he can learn something differently and how quickly he could adapt to learning something differently. So he changed his bike to where when he wanted to turn left, it would actually turn right and right, left. So believe it or not, I, and I'm going to ask this question because I want some of you to try to think about this. Now, this is a grown man, and he, and he has a, a young six-year-old boy, okay? So this man is in his 40s. He's in his mid-40s. And here he is going around town, around his neighborhood, trying to program his mind to operate this bike. That he's learned how to ride a bike his whole life, but he can't figure out how to ride this one because he's changed the handlebars, okay? And believe it or not, it took the 45-year-old man eight Months. It took him eight months of disciplining himself to where now he can literally ride around town with a backwards handlebars bike. And so after he took eight months to teach himself how to ride this bike, he then goes to a six year old boy. OK, so he goes to a six year old boy, his six year old. He says, I want to see how long it takes my six year old to learn how to ride this bike. So he gets his six-year-old on here. Of course, you see in the video, his six-year-old is struggling. I mean, he's trying to ride it. He's falling down. He's trying to ride again. He falls down again. He just can't get it, you know? So he, he keeps every day on his six-year-old trying to figure out how to ride this bike. His six-year-old, now remember, remember, it took the adult eight months to figure out how to ride this bike. The six-year-old, it took Eight weeks. So it takes the dad eight months, and it took the six-year-old, actually it was less than eight weeks. In less than eight weeks, he was able to train his mind on how to ride this bike. We have to remember something. Why is that and how is that? Because the grown-up has rode his whole life a certain way. He's used to doing something a certain way all the time. So his mind only thinks one way, that when I want to go this way, I turn the handlebars this way. And when I want to go left, I turn it that way, and the bike is going to do that. Whereas the six-year-old just started learning how to ride a bike just the, the previous year. He just started. He was still on training wheels. He was still doing that. So now his brain isn't as... Uh, mature when it comes to what he's used to doing as the adult. And so now this young person, this six-year-old, he was able to pick up on it very quickly. And so he was able to ride this backwards bike all through the neighborhood, all through the town, and he was just fine. He was able to ride the bike. This is so important. Church, hear me. This is so important because the church today is used to riding a bike or used to doing things A certain way. We're used to going about church a certain way. We're used to showing up a certain time. We're used to leaving a certain time. We're used to worshiping a certain way. We're used to the message being delivered a certain way. And so when we come back to church or as we reassemble back to church, what do we do? We just hop back on the bike. And what do we want to do? When we tell that church to go right, we want it to go right. When we want the church service to go left, we want it to go left because we want it to operate the same way that we've always been operating the church. But what if, what if God has changed the handlebars? What if God is challenging the church to say, yeah, it looks like a bike. It feels like a bike. It has all the functions and gears of a bike. But now the direction or the handling of it has changed. And so now it becomes a a matter, if you will, of the mind to where if we want the church to go in the direction that we would like it to go into, into the direction that we want it to go into, is that the direction that God wants it to go into? Because we call ourselves people of the king. We call ourselves people that are submissive under his authority. And that it's about his way and not our way. But if we're truly saying that, if we truly believe that, then whatever direction God wants to take this church into, that's the direction that we have to go in. And it doesn't matter. So even if I try to ride this bike, which... You know what? I'm not going to try to ride it because I might have a it might get a little ugly. So I'm going to leave it right here. But even if we try to take off in the direction that we wanted to go into and it doesn't go that way, we have to remember this is God's house. We are his people. I'm his vessel. We're supposed to be his vessels. So if we are the clay, he is the potter. We have to allow him to mold us in the shape that he wants to mold us. The Bible says in Romans one twenty-two, it says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. That is important because we cannot profess ourselves to know everything. We can't profess ourselves to say, well, this is the way church should be because that's the way church used to be. I'm telling you right now, the way God is operating this church, the way the direction this church is going in, we don't know what's taking place. We just need to sit back hold on tight in whatever direction God takes us in, then that is the direction that we need to go in. And so it's important to understand that I believe God is challenging the people to change your mindset. He's challenging us to look at the operation and the function and the look is all there, but the way I want to deliver things or the way I want to go may be slightly different. And we cannot at any time think that we can take control of this bike, take control of this church and make it go into the direction that we want it to go into. Because we're not in control of this. (laughs) This, 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 This church doesn't belong to us. The Bible says that we are the body. It doesn't say we are the head. We are the body. He is the head. Jesus Christ is the head, and wherever the head decides to turn and go, the body should follow. And so now, it's important to know that just because we have knowledge of something does not mean we have understanding. We have knowledge of how the church should go, but that doesn't mean we have clear understanding Of what the direction of where God wants to take us and I want to talk about that just for a second because I have knowledge of this bike the people that came up on stage had knowledge of the bike but they didn't have understanding that there was a change in the bike And so all I'm saying today is is that we have to challenge ourselves as far as we have an understanding or excuse me, a knowledge of the church where it's been, where we are today, but we need to pray God give us understanding of where you want to take the church. Where is it that you want to take us? What do you want to do with us? We know how to have church, but is that the way that God wants to take the church? Because I truly believe That God is trying to get us and shake us and move us to a point to where we are comfortable with being uncomfortable. That we cannot come back to church thinking it's just going to be church as normal and church as it used to be and church the way it was. But we have to have that understanding and know there may be something more, there may be something different, another direction that God's already showing many of you here today. Many of you that are listening today, many of you watching today know that God is already shifting things in the spirit. And if God is shifting things in the spirit, we have to move with it in the natural. Amen. Because if we decide not to move with it in the natural, that does not mean God's spirit is not still moving in the direction that it wants to go in. No, his spirit is going to move. We're just going to miss it. Come on. We're just going to miss it. And that church is what we cannot afford. We cannot afford to miss what God is doing. I'm telling you right now, my prayer is not God, this is what I'm doing, bless it. I've prayed that prayer too many times and it has failed me. I'm done praying, God, this is what I want to do. God, can you bless that? Instead, I say, Lord, whatever your blessing. Whatever direction you're going in, wherever your spirit is moving, Lord, that's where I want to be. So if you decide to change the mechanics of the church, change the mechanics of the church. And Lord, help me to get on board with where the mechanics are. I know his word is not going to change. Nothing that we do is going to contradict his word. We know the gospel is not going to change. We know that. He said, I'm God and I change not. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word, his gospel, that gospel truth is not going to change. But the mechanics, the delivery, the way the direction could be gone, it could change. We can see a few stories here in Genesis chapter 17, verse 15. And God said unto Abraham, as for Sarai thy wife, thou should not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Now we all oftentimes talk about Sarah laughing, but you ought to know that Abraham laughed too. Because the Bible says in verse number 17 in Genesis chapter 17, Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed. And said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is 100 years old? And shall Sarah that is 99 years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. Notice what Abraham did. Abraham laughed within himself, said, how can this happen? Can this happen? And then he asked God, can you go ahead and bless what's already here? He said in verse 18, 18, and Abraham said unto God, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. God, can you bless the decision that we've already made? Can you bless what's already here? But God said, no, uh-uh. my, that's, that's not my plan. That's not my will. I know what you have created. I know what you did on your own. That, that was a decision of the flesh, not the decision of the spirit. What I'm telling you today is, is that I have another plan. And if I tell you that I'm going to do something and how I'm going to do it, this is the direction that I want to go in. But Abraham was trying to get God to bless what was already there. And too often we can do that as church folks. We can ask God to bless what we've already got going, what we've already been doing. Why? Because there's a comfort in that. There's ease in that. We can see it tangibly. But God is saying, No, oh, I, I want to do something totally different. And I'm telling you right now, I feel this so strong in the Spirit that God is wanting to do something totally different. He's already doing it. It's already taking place. And I'm telling you, church, we must get on board with whatever God is doing. We cannot say this is the way it was, this is the way it is, this is the way it shall be. No, uh-uh. The only thing we should hold tight to is his word. The only thing that we should hold on to and say we're not changing is the gospel. The only thing that we should hold, and hold tight to Is the way of holiness, the way of godliness, the way of this word. That that is his way. That's his word. We don't change that. We don't let go of that. No, we hold to that. But the direction and the ways and the methods, that's what we need to listen to. Because we cannot afford. Let's continue reading. The Bible says in Genesis 18, and the Lord appeared unto him. Now, this is sometime later. All right? So now this is later. He's already appeared once. Abraham laughed. Now he appears again in chapter number 18, and the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of uh, Merit, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day, and he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son, and Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of woman. Therefore now, this is where we read, Sarah laughed. Within herself saying, after I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also. Now here we find Abraham laughing. Now here Sarah's laughing. But church, this is no laughing matter. Church, we cannot afford to go another year, another two years. We know the promise that God gave Abraham and Sarah because they lacked faith at that initial time. 25 years later, they finally received Isaac. We cannot, we cannot afford to lose years. Many of you know this. You cannot afford to lose years because we lack the belief and we lack the understanding and we lack the submissiveness and we lack the willingness to fall in line with whatever God is doing in the spirit. We cannot. We can't afford to go year after year. This city is crying. This city is yearning. People are hurting. We must move now. We must act now. We must go forward now. And we must believe now. I truly believe what we've been doing and what we've been teaching with prayer and with fasting, repenting, asking God to move in our hearts and help us here right now. I'm telling you right now, God will and shall answer prayers. But we cannot, we cannot, we cannot lose focus because I believe the decisions that we're going to make even over the next few weeks are going to determine the outcome of the very future over the next few years. I believe that with all my heart. We know that to be true that the decisions that we make over these next few weeks are going to have a ripple effect over the next few years for the furtherment of the kingdom of God. But it's time for us to be revived. I'm talking about the body of Christ. It's time for us to be revived. It's time for us to be renewed in the spirit. And I promise you, God will bring a harvest to this city and to this church. That's why Jesus said, or that's why the Lord said unto Abraham and Sarah, is there anything too hard for the Lord? For the Bible says, at the time appointed, I will return unto thee, according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. So we must understand that now is the time. Because the Bible says in Romans 13, verse number 11, and that's knowing the time. That now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Verse number 12 says, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Yes, we are the church. Yes, we are the body. But church, God is changing the mechanics. He's shifting the direction. And what we think is going right, God is saying, no, I want to go left. And what we think is going left, God is saying, no, I I want to go right. And church, we cannot fall into a state of pride saying, well, we've always went left we've always went right, because I'm telling you, God is doing something special. I feel it. He's doing something special in the homes. He's doing something special in individuals. He's moving when you don't think He's moving on your husband, He's moving on your husband. When you don't think He's moving on your wife, He's moving on your wife. When you don't think He's moving on your children, He's moving on your children. Just don't think He's doing it in a way that you think the bike should go, that you think the church should go, that you think the spirit should go. But allow God and the mechanics in his ways, because his ways are way above our ways as far as the heaven is from the earth. Allow him to deal with the hearts of people. Allow him to move and shift the hearts of the believers. And I promise you, children of God, that if we allow him to be the driver and we just sit back and enjoy this ride with Jesus, I promise you. God is going to take us places and do things right in this city that we've been yearning, that we've been praying for, and things that many of you have never seen before. I don't want to grow. I don't want to grow up. I don't want my children to grow up. You shouldn't want your children to grow up. No one in this church. I don't want anybody growing up saying, "I wish I would have seen this. I wish we could have did that." But no, that time is now. That's right. That's right. It's high time. It is time. Church, are you ready? The message is the same. God is the same. The doctrine doesn't change. We must be holy unto the Lord. That doesn't change. But the mechanics, as I get back in this bike, as we reassemble, as we get back to what we think is church, we must be ready. Because when we think we ought to turn left, God might be turning us right. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray now, God, help us, Lord, move upon our hearts, move upon our minds. Help us, Lord, understand that the church today is different. The church of today is changing. And God, I pray, Lord, that we may be ready for whatever change you bring about. Help us, Lord, to not be complacent, not be content. And help us, Lord, most of all, to not be self-centered. But help us, Lord, to be kingdom minded. And I pray God that your perfect will may be done in every individual and help us Lord to get ready to go in the direction that you want us to go in. In Jesus name, right where you are, you ought to say amen. Amen. May God bless you today. Remember tomorrow's our discipleship class at seven o'clock. Just simply go to our website, download the uh, the PDF version of the lesson And then be with us at 7 o'clock tomorrow where you will continue to learn more and have a deeper understanding and a deep dive into God's word and what he is expecting out of you and I. I love you. I can't wait to see you on Sunday. May God bless you in Jesus' name.